Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Recknell, and I am super excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Keith Harrison. Keith was a police officer with the Toronto Police Department for 15 years when he drew deep on his hope and made a decision that positively changed his life for the better. In 2018, Keith realized that he needed to be the number one person in his life so he could stop struggling and really thrive in the life he was given. As part of his recovery journey, Keith founded Tier Response Apparel Company, a brand to promote and support mental awareness for all branches of first responders and the supporter of first responders. Through his company, Keith is contributing to the programs and services he wishes he had at the beginning of his journey and truly believes that by creating his tier one, that means that others won't have to feel so alone. More about this and so much more in my conversation with Keith. So without any more preview, let's get into it. Hello, Keith. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Lindsay. Great to be here. I am super excited to have you here today. Ever since we started speaking, I get so I get so excited about your story and the things that you're doing um, kind of in response to your own mental health challenges in the past. And I'd love for you to share with us uh, a little bit more about how you use hope to motivate action in your life. Gosh, well, I just, again, just want to start off by saying just an absolute privilege is to be here to speak with you today and kind of be a guest of your audience. Um, hope motivates action. Yeah, a little bit of, about me and my background. I am a police officer. I've been a police officer in Ontario, in the GTA area for just over uh, 15 years. And it was, I guess, the, the kid dreamed to be a police officer, to be in the community helping and try to make a better place. Um, over time, uh, I was exposed to quite a bit of trauma in calls where I thought I was doing well, other things that I wish I had got a little more guidance and support from um, that never seemed to kind of happen. So when, you know, uh, things started to kind of snowball and really stack up for me and I really didn't have the acquired learning base of tools, resources, you name it, to kind of deal with uh, everything that I was dealing with from night terrors and all that stuff, um, I kind of took it upon myself to reach out. Um, I thought I was going to go in the right channels. Um, However, I guess... I guess I fell through the cracks per se. I didn't get looked at the way I thought. And uh, I just had my my moment there where I was either going to get the help I needed or unfortunately kind of end it. Um, so blessed and grateful that I chose the route that I did because in that journey of recovery and traumatic growth, I have come across human beings that you would only think belonged in heaven or some other place because they're just super special and supportive. And part of my recovery, I had, uh, and still do, um, a lot of points of how much am I going to be a link in the chain for mental health or first responders, um, support and advocacy going forward. Lots of my time, I was kind of thinking a little angrily and selfish about, well, I had to do it on my own. So I have the tools now. I'm going to let everyone else kind of do their fight because I didn't seem to kind of get the support I needed. And uh, that's kind of selfish talk. I felt and unhealthy. Um, and it's not part of who I am as a heart on my sleeve type person. So I started to kind of think about what I could do to start giving back, trying to be part of the solution so that essentially 
my active service in all this is for me to really be that person that I needed 10 years ago for someone else, if that makes sense to you. Um, so I thought of like how I can represent the change so that people can encourage and continue or open dialogues of healthy communication around mental health. And as a first responder, um, you know, what's something that I could wear or represent in public that would feel comfortable for someone to wear, not just in feeling, but also in look so that it would spear the conversations. I hope so. And not have the negative connotations when it comes to supporting first responder apparel or whatnot, where someone likes to get their two cents rather than a full value of support. And that's where tier response came from, you know, uh, tier response uh, first responders know it's driven from dispatch call, which requires multiple or all uh, services to come together on a particular incident to work together, to lean, to grow, to share, to guide, um, to address a problem. I think if we uh, approach the mental health issues, stigmas uh, in a tier fashion together, we're all stronger, right? In it together. Um, and uh, one thing that I've always kind of inputted in my life is the, the semicolon um, and what powerful, um, not just image, but really understanding what that is amongst mental health and your wellness when you see and talk about it. So, you know, um, writers seem to get all the glory when it comes to the semicolon because they're like super smooth, you know, in their words and it's all like free flowing, but even they get writer's block, right? So when they get writer's block, what do they get to do to kind of take a break, right? So they can collect themselves. They insert that semicolon. So if we think about that semicolon in our own lives, right? We're cruising along, everything's great. Everything's going wonderful. And we hit a snag, right? It's a traumatic event. It's a loss. It's a tragedy. It's whatever. We're not feeling right. Well, instead of hitting that period and ending things, right? Let's just insert that semicolon. Let's insert that in a powerful way so that we can talk about how we're feeling. We can expose ourselves to our friends. We can get the help we need without feeling like we're being judged. Like we're, it's okay to be okay with not being okay. So, so we can forge on, right? We can gain the tools. We can build the resources so that, you know, our journey doesn't end. We're just kind of taking a break and that's okay. Um, and I really feel the message um, with that amongst first responders, because all this gear basically is an act of service so that, you know, first responders um, can wear and feel seen, heard in a healthy way. Um, but that really, the, the goal of this is the exposure towards mental health and really funding trauma programs and services for first responders and their families. So that Amazing. we can all live the, the best life, right? Yeah. So Amazing. I love it. I love, <laughs> I mean, you are, that is the epitome of using your hope to motivate action, right? I, I remember you telling me this story of, of how you got to this place where it was either going to be a semicolon or a period. And you chose the semicolon route where you, you know, changed your career, got the help that you needed. Um, and, and then decided that you weren't going to let others 
sort of fall through the cracks that you did, that you were going to do whatever you could do to raise awareness and to give voice and to give programming and funding to those that could really need it, those coming up behind you. Um, I have a very, I, you know, my mission in this work is, is something very, very similar. And so it, your story really, really resonates with me because you are taking action over the things you can control. Um, and to your response, apparel company is that control, right? You, you are creating these, the, these shirts and hats and all the things so that you can raise money, but also raise awareness. And that's beautiful. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your service, truly. Um, <laughs> both as a police officer and also now in this second career of your life and what you're doing, uh, what you're doing in your work now. Um, a couple of things that you mentioned in your, in your story there, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper on. So the idea of the semicolon, that's something that I'm familiar with working in this space. Um, obviously you are too. And for listeners who aren't as familiar, we will link to um, some more information about that in the show notes. So you can read a little bit deeper, but I think that concept is really important. The pause instead of the end. Um, is that something that you are consciously aware of now, as opposed to before? Um, is that something you were, you know, this, this concept of taking a breath, is it something that's new, uh, in this, in this recovery journey that you're on? <laughs> yeah. Um, Lindsay, I just really want to, uh, uh, I truly appreciate the kind words that you've just said about me. Um, they, they, they truly are touching. Um, one part of my recovery is yeah, totally learning that tool. Um, I've always been someone that isn't really shy about voicing their opinion, both in favor or in displeasure regarding things. Um, and I have had many times in audiences where maybe that breath would have been a little bit more appropriate to take before just kind of out in that, you know, fight response. Um, but a lot of it came down to programs, um, both, uh, peer support and individual with my psychologist who I absolutely love so much. Um, she says it's all me, but I couldn't have done it without her. And that's something that, you know, um, in program where you really understand or someone really kind of teaches you the, the fine art of the body's mechanical response when it comes to fight or flight. Um, to, like, you know, it's lizard brain that kind of comes out. You have this little character, this little brain that comes out and it's just like fighting mad. Um, but really um, times where, you know, again, I've been in those situations and I've kind of said things and I get like small, like very quiet cheers or like once it's all over someone's like yeah man that was awesome but no one's cheering me in the room because they're like dude you're on an island and no one's gonna have that wrath with you like you're on your own like we said we with you but i'm not backing that up and it's true and, and that's okay right um so I, I i knew all along that i was i had quite a bit of appropriate content to say but really kind of getting that you know, teaching of like how to deliver it effectively so that when I do say it, that it's going to be seen and heard in the way that I'm trying to deliver the message and not be lost out with lots of arm movements or loud noises or whatever, right? They can quickly like checkbox you, frame you in a way that they can think of you negative rather than trying to debate your points where they're undebatable, right? Right. It's undebatable. Like you're saying the truth, but it's the manner of the way. So that was a lot 
a lot of practice with, you know, my doctors, group therapy, uh, my occupational therapist, just kind of taking that breath. Because in our day, we have a multitude of things that present us where we can respond. We can choose to respond or we can choose not to respond, right? Sometimes the best response is no response because you don't give somebody the power satisfaction over the control that you have when you um, are in a situation. But, and this is something my doctor always tells me, and I'm really mindful of this all the way. Something happens to you and you want to respond. Take that breath, insert that pause. and. Think about what you want to say. And if after that break, after that pause, you want to go light somebody up. You want to go basically tell them the authentic without, you know, filter or whatever. Go ahead. Own it. Right. At least you've given yourself a moment to think about. Most times I'm kind of cleaning up the language or cleaning up the response, but at least that's something. And it, it's super mindful. And at times, you know, uh, if it doesn't come away, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation afterwards, right? And uh, it's something where respect can be earned back or even created more trust in somebody because um, you've provided something and that they get to learn a little bit about you and you get to learn about them. Healthy. And, and most times, most times, if you enter any conversation with an open heart, mind, um, and without judgment and with respect, Lots of people can disagree on, on everything. I mean, just try ordering a pizza and try to figure out topics, right? There's just a, there's a difficult conversation right there. But at least no one's holding grudges. No one's holding animosity or anger, uh, leaving that conversation because you have your opinion, which you've explained to me and awesome. I've re- I value that and vice versa, right? You never want to take someone's dignity away in the conversation. I think a lot of times when we approach people with mental health issues or whatever, it's like, you must be off your meds and it's so negative and you're basically taking someone's dignity away. And um, I was just with uh, a fantastic friend um, and uh, I always t- bring up conversations when it comes to, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Like you're using your benefits, right? Like if someone goes to the dentist, no one judges them for like being an idiot who can't brush their teeth, right? They're they're taking their toothbrush. They're taking their oral health for their overall health. So why is it so negative when somebody wants to work on their mental health and they see a psychologist, right? So why is it so often where people who are seeking, um, you know, to be better, to thrive in a healthier, mindful state, it's looks so negative where see, we, because that person is giving support and learning to grow, we seem to see them as weak and the people who suck it up or unintentionally, they're just, you know, they don't want to deal with it. They're in denial, which is everyone's own journey. And there's no judgment here whatsoever. We all have to take our steps when we're comfortable taking our steps. But Really, as a society, as a whole of a community, why is it so looked negatively upon someone who's trying to better themselves? And they're looked as weak, where somebody who could be suffering from the identical issues that doesn't seem to be out there showcasing that they're getting help, not, not showcasing, but even like admitting to close friends that they're struggling to get help, why are they conceived strong? Because they're holding it in. I, Again, things that, you know, with open dialogue and change that we can make sure that everyone feels comfortable seeking the help when they need it for what they need it for. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that whole, that, I mean, that's the, the language we use, the way that we deliver it, those conversations that we get to have, that is the way that we continue to reduce the stigma, which is something I know that's very important to you. Um, one of the, the languages, one of the, the phrases you used earlier is traumatic growth. And yeah. I'm sure lots of people have heard of, um, you know, trauma, of course, and PTSD and all of that. Tell me more about traumatic growth and what that concept means to you. Yeah, um, it's something I, I definitely didn't uh, Columbus discover at all. Uh, it's something that was, again, taught to me through uh, courses and um, peer support and my own personal um, support team. Um, but really like traumatic growth is just, you know, this kind of 2.0 Keith that's been coined. And I will give full respects to my occupational therapist for it. It was her thing that she kind of did with me. This like this new 2.0 version of me, because the Keith that maybe people have known 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, I have to appreciate their patience because I don't even know who that person is anymore because of my growth, right? If someone knew me 10 years ago and we've parted ways for 15 years or the last time, I, I really don't know who that person is anymore because it truly wasn't an authentic version of myself. And with this growth that I've seen where I am freely comfortable to expose myself with, with no sense of like, you know, ridicule. Like I don't, if rejection is going to happen, I'm okay with it. Right. Because I'm not so focused on that anymore. Like I was before where I had to be mindfully saying everything so cautiously, because if I seem to upset one person, then it was one too many, or, you know, you uh, settle for less of your, your value when you go through life so that you can appease others so they can have happy. Right. The one thing that I've learned in my traumatic growth is that no one is responsible for anyone's happiness. We are responsible for our own happiness. It is our responsibility. No one can make you happy. They can make you happier, but they can't make you happy. Nothing can make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. And there were so many times in my life that I didn't want to feel pain. I didn't want to feel sad. I just wanted to be in this numb-like state. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't feel joy. Couldn't understand why... I couldn't be happy. Why, if I thought about it, you know, living a life as a police officer, kids, family, um, house, dog, you know, like there's a kid out there that's in school aspiring to be a police officer or somebody at first, and I'm living their dream, right? And yet at the same time, there's no possible way that I can feel excited or happy about anything because I have turned all that off. So then, you know, really turning back on those switch is kind of baby step style. Um, one of the things I remember early on is uh, a clinician kind of sitting with me and uh, I straight up asked him. It was and really comforting for me too, because it was a, as a guy, um, a lot of my support team are full of amazing, strong, beautiful, fantastic women. Um, but I think um, not to diminish any of that whatsoever, but there really needs to be a strong male presence within mental health so that men feel that um, it's okay to talk and have that language is not feminized or unmasculine 
to uh, to talk about things. But I remember sitting with him and just asking the question, like, how do you feel joy? Because I just don't know how to feel it, right? Just numb to the whole experience of it. And he took me outside. He sat there and he's just like, I like to feel the sun on my face. It gives me joy. And I was just like, what? Like, that is silly. Like, I had kind of almost to the point where it had to be like a ninth inning walk-off home run to win a ball game to get me jacked to get excited, right? It had to be like this epic level of excitement to kind of get me to feel happy. These low things that just stupid, it's pointless. Like, why would I sit on the side of my face? And we sat there and it just that moment of like having that face and that warmth cascading through your body and just what that feels like and just opening up your heart and just really being present in the moment. stuff. these are all like things through the growth that I've had um, in all these teachings that, um, you know, people might think, you know, questioning about in certain ways, but you know, it's, it's, it's my life. It's my, my truth, my authenticity, um, you know, through my uh, trauma growth, I've really discovered my true value, right. And what self-care is and that it's not selfish. It's so important. And you have to really be mindful of like implementing a regiment um, in your daily routines, because once we do something over and over again, it's no longer, um, a choice. It's a habit, right? We're not choosing that anymore because we've done it so many times. That it's, it's just second nature, right? And a lot of first responders, you know, work through repetition, through training, through muscle memory. We are very, very wired to be exposed to this type of learning. And if we just put those special, super wicked tools in there that we can build that muscle memory on, we're not even choosing anymore because when it happens, it's automatically uh, a habit because it's no longer a choice because we've done it so many times. So, you know, it's just putting those little good things in there so that the good habits can be formed and everyone can thrive and just live the best life that they're entitled to live. Right. That's all. That's it. You know? Love it. The, um, I mean, our brains are designed to be efficient. And so whatever routines and habits we can create in our life is absolutely, you're absolutely right. That muscle memory just makes it easy for us to do it unconsciously. And when you are habitualizing or, or um, putting routines around things that are going to make you feel better and are going to increase your wellness, why would you not want to do that? Um, I'm 100% in, uh, in agreement with, with that concept for sure. And interesting what you said about uh, your traumatic growth. You know, I'm a believer that we get to go through hard times so that we can come out on the other end of it. You know, uh, I mean, the definition of traumatic growth is growing through trauma. And trauma, the definition of trauma, I want people to understand, the definition of trauma is unique to all of us. and it's always, there's always going to be somebody in the world with more trauma. And there's always going to be somebody in the world with less trauma that doesn't diminish the feelings of what you are going through. If it matters to you, it matters. Full stop. Trauma is your definition, is your response, is your perception, is your, your gift really, um, that you get to grow through. And regardless of anybody's opinion, regardless of anybody's judgment around it, 
if it matters to you, it matters and you get to come through it and grow with it and come out the other side more resilient and giving back into the world and feeling more hopeful and all of those things. Um, so I love, I love a lot of what you just said there. Yeah. Lindsay, you're, 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 you're knocking on all points. I absolutely love it. You know, and that's one thing that, you know, when somebody, when I first got the diagnosis, right? Like, first of all, it was like, okay, well this, I have an answer, right? I have an answer to what I'm feeling. But as soon as I got the diagnosis, it's almost like, you know, that young couple who's wanting to get a mortgage to buy that house, right? We all want the mortgage. And then as soon as we get it, we're like, well, how the heck can I pay this off? Cause I don't want it anymore. Right. So I wanted to have an answer for all the things I was going through. And then I got this diagnosis and then I was like, well, no, I don't want that anymore because, you know, even though it answers so many things that I can identify with so that I can give reason to, it doesn't help me because I don't see myself as somebody that would be even possibly in the spectrum of having that associated to me because, you know, I, my story and my tea and we never, and I, I love how you brought up like traumas and you don't repair because you never compare your tea, whether big or small to somebody else's tea, right? You just never compare teas. And I did that very on where I was like, listen, man, like I love our military. I love our military. I love people who sacrifice so much more than I feel like I do on the daily um, for my freedom. So it's a quick correlation if a veteran was to get it because I think community identifies like, well, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? But I, don't, I didn't feel like I had that. And really it came time where I was with peer support and you know just exposing myself in most vulnerable forms and gosh, like <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to open yourself up that way. And I mean, I had these amazing, huge, tall, bulky, muscular guys like, dude, I just, wow, I could never do your, I could never be a police officer. I could never do that. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I would look at you and think nothing scares you, right? Um, but it, again, it's just that scene being heard, um, you know, in a non, like you never want to cheerlead somebody in group at all at any time. But really that just, it's your trauma. It affects you. And, you know, it's something that you have to deal with and you don't need to explain it to anybody, right? You don't need to explain it to anybody. And if someone is going through something, the last thing you want to do is feel like you need permission from someone to feel. Oh, that's um, so important. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and we, and we do that at our journey, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, people who are struggling myself, there was probably 14 years ago where I should have, could have, would have taken that time for myself. Um, and I didn't. So we know at our pace, we need to be comfortable. And when we, get help and not feel like we need to push anybody to get it because that could be the reverse effects of someone seeking help and to recover. Um, I'm just super glad that I did. And um, all the things that are abundantly happening to me right now in my life, um, just in personal, um, you know, um, connecting, network, just network, just having this journey. If I knew I knew this, like, I'm so grateful 
that all these things are here talking to you with your listeners that I stuck with it. I, ins- I inserted the semicolon and just continued it multiple times just to keep inserting that um, because <laughs> it feels absolutely wonderful to be at the place I am now. And it was something that it was more than a prayer and a wish that I ever thought I could ever, ever feel like this ever again. And I just want everyone to feel like this. I just want everyone to feel like this daily, right? I just want everyone to feel like this. Yeah. If they say there's that saying that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is today. Same, the same goes. The the best time to take care of your mental health is 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. There is nothing stopping us from just starting um, when you are ready, you know, you know, that it's, it's never too late to get that help that you need. All right, Keith, we're coming to the end of our time together. And as I prompted you, there is one question Uh that I asked all of my guests and that (laughs) is, Keith, what gives you hope? Can't believe the time's flying so fast. We must be having a heck of a good time. Um, What gives me hope um, is that it's a cheesy cliche that, you know, if I could do it, anyone can do it. And I don't want to minimize it like that. But I just want and hope that in time, I can be, that tear response can be that strong link. It doesn't have to be the whole chain. I don't want to be the whole chain, but I want to be that contributing strong link in the chain for change. And I really think if I do everything in my power to authentically speak from my journey to hopefully inspire somebody, it's not my goal. It's an act of service for other people. But if someone can just who's hurting today, who might be better tomorrow, that I could be the tier that I'm trying to build, can be that something for somebody. Um, it gives me so much hope that everyone can see their true value and really see their true value and know that they are absolutely so important to this world and this world is so much better that they're in it and at no time is the world less than if you were to leave. Someone is going to miss you. Someone is going to hurt and not be happy that you are not around. Somebody is out there. There always, somebody has somebody. And if it's not someone, it's something. And go do that thing, right? You just said it, you know, best time plant tree is 20 years ago, but let's just plant that tree now and really forge on to really flourish and live the life that you want to live because it's your life. We only, we die once, right? But we live every day, right? People say we only live once, but we live every day. So just start anew and just go from there. And I just, I really hope that everyone just catches the good vibes that and the good waves that, you know, are out there and just smile because the world is always a better place when people smile. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. If anyone that's listening wants to get in touch, wants to you to be one of the links in their chain, tell us how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So uh, we're, we have uh, the social media platform. So uh, we're on Instagram at tr underscore apparel co. Um, that site is, you know, linked to tier response apparel company.com, which is, you know, the shop that we have where you can actually purchase the gear. It's shipped to you directly. Um, 
and then the uh, the social media sites just are full of you know not just the gear but like inspirational things. We're highlighting other champions, other PTSD survivors who I think are absolute champions, and really the the rock stars uh, who are the services, who are the organizations that I wish to talk to. Every single one, you know, I fully open up the calendar and talk to anyone about what they're doing because I really want to, you know, uh, highlight them and promote them in a way if, you know, to expose what they're doing because so many times there are so many amazing programs on and people just don't know about them. And the only way we can get out there is to really talk about it and showcase like, hey, if you're in this area, this is here for you. Take advantage of it and not feel like you have to be less than or seem weak to take that. So, um, yeah, the, the gear is all there and, you know, 20% gets, uh, donated to, uh, wounded warriors for their trauma program. So that's really what it's about. You know, I want awesome. those big check presentations and, uh, say that our tier, we did this for this so that we can, you know, help everyone get the programs that, uh, are amazing. Well, you are amazing. Thank you so, so much for this conversation. I have, I have learned a ton. I know I am feeling super inspired and I know that the audience is as well. So thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. Lindsay, this was an absolute honor and pleasure. And I so appreciate you and your time to allow me to come on here and have this conversation because it has <laughs> been a blast. Like we're, I, you're going to have me smiling for the rest of the day. There's not much that's going to make me you know, frown today because this has just been so powerful and I absolutely appreciate and love everything you're doing for this community and really inspiring people with hope because it's so important. So thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Hope Motivates Action podcast. These episodes are a labor of love. Inspiring conversations with hopeful people make my heart happy. If you also love this episode, it would be amazing if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars if you're into it. It's these reviews that encourage Apple to promote this podcast to their network. And the more people that listen, the more hope we can spread into the world. Don't forget to check out the show notes of this episode to find all the links to my guests, books, and other resources referenced in this episode. You'll also find the link back to my website where you will find additional support and resources for you, your team, and your community. I truly believe that the future will be better than today by taking action over the things we can control. And hearing from these guests on these episodes, I know that even more hopeful future is totally possible. I'm always looking for inspirational guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. You can find me on the contact form of my website at expertinhope.com or by email at lindsay at expertinhope.com. When I was a teenager and my sisters were leaving the house to go out for the night, I always made it a point to remind them to call me if they need me. It was my way to tell them that I cared and would always be there for them. I'd love you to know the same, so all of you listening out there, call me if you need me. Again, thank you for your love and support of this podcast, my work in hope, and your intentional focus on making your future better than today. After all, hope without action is just a wish. <laughs>